Oh, yeah, yeah. Thanks for reminding. Appreciate it. <laughs> All right, so chapter three, we're dealing with stories. And I told you guys what, like, what did I tell you guys to think when you hear the word storage? You guys don't pay attention now. Yeah. Memory? Not memory. So long term. Short term is memory. Long term is storage. Right? Our brains, memory, short term, uh, long term, remember things forever. Um, so we're dealing with things that are like kind of permanently, not permanently, but necessarily kind of stored there for a long time. Um, that's not going to erase once power is cut off or disconnected to it. All right. So that's kind of what this chapter deals with. Um, and most of you guys know the things that we're going to be talking about in here, uh, such as like USBs, uh, hard drives, things like that. Like you guys are somewhat familiar with those, those types of storage devices. Um, so we're first going to start off talking about some characteristics of storage. Um, and so one of the things it talks about is the storage medium versus the storage device. Um, so the storage medium is where that actual data is actually stored on. Right? So if you're talking about like a CD, that would be like the medium, right? Because that's where the information is actually on. And then the other parts of that is what's going to be able to read that device, which is the storage device. So when you plug or put the CD into the CD player, that's the device that's going to read the CD. Does that make sense? So you have the medium, which is where the data is actually stored on, and then you have the device that's going to actually read the medium. All right, so those are two parts to most storage systems. Sometimes they can be connected. Uh, they can kind of be one in a sense. Um, but in most cases, they're typically two different, two different things. All right. um, and so it talks about like your flash drive. So our flash drives that we have, is that the medium or is that the device? Why is it the medium? Because it's saved on that actual device, right? And then what we plug it into is the device that's going to actually read our flash drive, all right? Um, and it talks about card reader, internal, external, remote, yeah. Um, but we need to understand, like I said, the difference between the medium and the device, all right? Storage medium is where the data is actually stored on versus a device which is going to read that medium. Um, and it shows us some examples here, uh, CD, flash drive, which we all know. Um, another characteristic it talks about with storage is random versus sequential. Um, and so here, you guys know what this is? Anybody never seen one of these before? No, this is it's a new generation. They don't. Yeah. All of you guys have seen? Yeah. Okay. Um, like, how many of you guys grew up with cassette tapes? Like, listening to cassette? Okay. Okay. Um, so, um, random versus sequential. Really simple, um, really kind of self-explanatory. Random access memory, you're basically able to access any point that you want to get to at any time. So take, for instance, you're listening to a CD, right? And you want to get to track six. You just click and get to track six, right? If you want to get there, you just go there. You just move there, click there, or click skip to get there. With random, with uh, sequential, you have to watch it or view it in the order that it was actually recorded in. So if you're, watching, if you're listening to a cassette tape and you want to get to track six, you have to fast forward through track one, two, three, four, and five in order to get to six. There's no way to randomly kind of skip there without going through the way that it was actually recorded on that device. Like if you're watching the VHS, you're watching your movie, watching a movie, and you want to get to your favorite scene. Like you can't just skip there and get to your favorite scene. You either have to rewind or fast forward to get to that point of time that you're trying to get to. So you have to actually go through it 
in the order that it was actually recorded in. There's no way to kind of skip around, right? With a DVD, if you just want to get to your favorite scene, you just skip there and get to it. You don't have to watch or fast forward through the whole movie the way that it was recorded to get to that point. You just skip and get there, all right? Does that make sense? Okay. Um, and so uh, volatility talks about, we talk, kind of talked about that already, volatile versus non-volatile, right? What does volatile mean? So content is erased once the power is cut off, disconnected from it, right? Non-volatile meaning that content stays on that device, right? It doesn't erase, doesn't go anywhere. Um, so that's kind of dealing with that volatility. And random versus sequential, like I said, just giving you kind of the technical definitions of that. Uh, random access or direct access, where basically you can access any point at any time you have direct access to it. Um, versus sequential, which means you have to watch it in the order that it was physically stored on that storage medium. And so magnetic tape drives are another form of that, um, which there are a lot of companies, a lot of people still kind of use magnetic tape drives just because they're cheap and expensive. Um, and so it's a way that they're kind of storing data, storing um, things like camera, video, images, and stuff like that. Um, so uh, yeah, so that's the difference between random versus sequential. All right? uh, most of the devices that we use today, though, are random. Right? We're not dealing with magnetic tapes anymore, really. Um, most of the things we're accessing and using, like our flash drives, we can get to any place, any time on that flash drive, any time we want to. We don't necessarily have to go in a certain order to get to where we want to get to. All right. Any questions on that? No, we're good? Cool. <clears throat> uh, so still dealing with some more characteristics, storage, how they're stored, file, file names and folders. Um, Pretty self-explanatory. I'm sure we're all familiar with saving files, uh, looking at files, viewing files on our um, computer, flash drives. Um, how many of you guys ever use like when you're in here? How many of you guys ever use like some of the options that are up here? Um, it basically allows you to do most of the things that you can do through like right-clicking. Um, but a lot of times, just looking at them on the ribbon, it makes some of the things like a little easier for you. Um, like if you want to create a new folder, a new item, uh, see the properties of certain files. If you wanted to um, share a file, if you wanted to email it, um, and then just like basically changing the view of how you see things. Um, you can also do that through here if you want to see the details. Um, if you want to see a, like files that were hidden, so if somebody hides files on their flash drive, um, you can just click that button and it'll show you all the ones that are hidden. Um, see the file name extension, so you can see what type of file it is. Um, like I said, it's kind of cool to be able to do that stuff like that. Um, but yeah, so like I say, just a menu ribbon trying to give you more options to be able to view different things um, that you can normally see um, or get to like by right clicking and going through the kind of some of the same properties here. Okay, um, so that's just like I say, file, file name, folder, right? We have files. Um, that have a file name and they're typically stored in a folder um, on our computer, our devices. <clears throat> so there are three different types of storage technology um, that the book talks about that are used in most cases, um, which is magnetic, uh, and then we have optical, and then we have electrons or flash memory. So those are the three major types of technology dealing with storage. Right? So we have magnetic, which is like our standard kind of magnetic hard drives. Um,
So like the standard magnetic hard drive looks something similar to this, um, which is where all the, the data, the memory is stored on our devices and our drives. Um, if you guys want to pass it around, you can just kind of look at it. So that's the standard magnetic one. Um, optical drives are like our CDs. I told you guys when you hear optical, think of laser, um, which is like the laser burning images into our devices. Uh, electrons uses flash memory, which a lot of our devices nowadays incorporate and use that flash memory. All of our cell phones, we, they use flash memory. Um, typically we can purchase a memory card to insert and have more storage space and things like that. Um, so um, a lot of the devices, a lot of where technology is moving is towards flash. Um, it's a lot easier, um, easier to manage. You can, you know, create more space. Um, magnetic hard drives, and I'll show you um, in a couple slides kind of what those are. Oh, um, one of the things, let me touch on real quick, logical versus physical file representation. So the logical is basically how we see where things are stored on our devices. I just showed you guys the folder, and we can see different places. We have files, folders, kind of that menu, that option. You guys know what I'm talking about? No? Okay. Um, no worries. No worries. So this is the logical file representation, right? The way that we see it. Um, and it looks like on this device, um, there would be a folder where you have all these different files within a certain place, right? So it's just the way that we see it, which is you know, normal, um, pretty standard for us. But the way that the, the information, the data is actually stored like on our devices is totally different. Like physically, you can have things that are on one disk and like not another disk. Or you can have a file that's basically kind of broken up and part of it is saved on one disk and another part is saved on another disk. We don't really care about it, but we just have to understand that there, things are in two different locations. Um, the way that we see it is not necessarily the way that it's stored on the actual device itself. Um, and so it'll make kind of more sense once we get into disk defragmentation. Um, it kind of connects those two. All right? But that's the difference between physical versus logical. Logical is the way that we see it. Physical is how they're physically stored on that device. Um, so a hard drive um, basically stores all our information, data. Most computers have a hard drive um, to where, like say, all of our data, all the applications, programs that we're using and running are stored on there. And it talks about they can be internal or external. External mean they can be located outside the system unit, outside the computer somewhere you can see it or internal somewhere inside where you don't typically see it. Um, and it talks about built-in encryption. You guys know what encryption is? <laughs> Josh, what is it? Isn't that like a, a security for all your stuff, the stuff that's stored, it encrypts it so if someone tries to get into it, it's harder to like access. Okay. Yeah, yeah, you're on the you're on the right path. Um, I'm just looking for a simpler term so people can understand it. It's like a hacker trying to see if they need to know the password. If they don't, if they don't know the password. It's just like scrambled. Definitely. All right. So it's it's basically you have information that gets scrambled and gets coded in a way where nobody can understand it, unless you're the person who's supposed to get it or you have the key to decrypt the message. All right. So if, if you ever intercept an encrypted message, you won't be able to understand it. It's going to look like random text, random numbers, symbols. It's not going to make any sense to you. And that just means that the message was encrypted and you were not supposed to actually have that message. Um, unless you know the key to decrypt it, the key is like the passcode, basically. If you know the passcode to decrypt that message, then you'll be able to see it and read it in plain text. Um, otherwise, you're going to have this message that doesn't make sense to you, kind of a coded message. Um, so that's what we're talking about. Hard drives, they can have some encryption capability to where all the data, everything that's on there, basically gets encrypted. Um, they have some that self-encrypt on their own, and they have some where you can like have to, so this one here, you have to put in a passcode, and once you put in your passcode, then you're able to see all the information that's on there. 
So this whole time I've been standing here, Thank you. Thank you. It's extra credit for you. Yeah. All right. So this is what I was talking about, the self-encrypting hard drive. I have to repeat myself over. Um, but yeah, so on this one, like, if I were to, let's say, borrow this uh, hard drive and they didn't tell me the code to decrypt it, I wouldn't be able to access any of the information or the data that's on there. Um, because it takes the passcode to decrypt the information and data so that you can view and see the, the information that's there. All right. um, but like I said, if you know the passcode, then you have access to all the information, all the data, and you can use it. And then you just basically put the passcode back on it to lock it, and no one else could use it, um, which is kind of cool. And you would think more people, more um, especially like companies, would kind of go that route of encrypting data. Um, have you guys heard of ransomware? No? Brian, you heard of ransomware? What, what have you heard? What is it? So what, what, did it, what, did, what do they do? Definitely, right? So what, what uh, ransomware is, is basically like uh, malware, virus that um, a lot of hackers are using to attack companies. And so basically what they do is they find a way to get into the company system and they take all of the company's data and basically put their own passcode on it. So now the company doesn't have access to their own information. And so what they see is a message that pops up that says, we have your information, it's encrypted. If you want it back, pay us this much amount of money um, in Bitcoin. And every day you don't pay, that amount is gonna increase. So that's what a lot of companies are getting hit with now. There's different types of ransomware. Um, How often does that occur? Depends. Uh, like a couple summers ago, it was real big. Like a lot of companies were getting hit with it. Um, I think from that experience, a lot of companies like kind of went in and revamped their security system. Um, but it still happens. It still happens, definitely. Um, yeah, so it's just a matter of how much security they actually have in place. Um, but it's something to like be concerned with. If you have a business, um, definitely want to be concerned with that. Um, At that point, what are the business, um, what, what choices do they have? So what choices do they have? Good question. So. It depends on their backup procedures. If they have their data backed up somewhere else and they do it like daily, then it's not a big deal. You basically, you don't pay them and you just start from the last point, like yesterday, and you use your backup information to kind of get back up and going. Um, if you don't have a backup procedure in place, then it's just a matter of, can you pay the, the ransom? Or do you want to start over? At that point, like the police don't get involved or anything. Like the police will tell you not to pay, um, but then like your business is gone, you know. So you're you're at a tough place there. Um, is that the same like when Target got hit by uh, by uh, hackers and they stole credit card information? Remember when that happened? Yes, that's a little different. Different because that one. Um, so on that, you guys familiar with, or you guys remember the Target breach that happened like a couple years ago? Um, okay, so with that one, basically their system was like terrible. They had a terrible plan of system. Uh, they had everything basically kind of together and connected. Um, so it was a person kind of working on their HVAC, working on their air conditioning, heating, things like that. And he noticed that basically he could go anywhere within Target system and he noticed he had access to like customer transaction and information. And so he was able to, like say, go from HVAC to having customer credit card information, names, addresses, and stuff like that. So they just had a terrible system. Um, so it was just a blue collar guy that just got, got in there? Yeah. 
like he was supposed to get in there because he had access to HVAC, but he he wasn't supposed to have access to everything that Target has, um, and so that's how that one happened. Most companies will separate things, right? If HVAC, like you put it here and that's all you have access to. Customer records information, credit card transaction, that should be its own separate place where nobody has access to, unless you work in that department. Um, but like I say, theirs was just all together. Like so the IT department wasn't that great, right? Like their guys running that. Yeah. Like those folders or files. Or Definitely no, it was terrible. Yeah, so that's how that one happened. Um, but yeah, so so ransomware is a uh, is a huge thing. There are a lot of they're hitting a lot of hospitals, a lot of hospitals like dentist office, like places that have a lot of records and actually need those records like daily. Um, you think about imagine going to the hospital and they're like, oh, we don't have any of your records because somebody else is holding them hostage. Um, like, well, you know, that's you can't run a business that way. Um, and so that's that's what ransomware is. So. Also, like another example, like if you don't have a passcode on your phone, right? Let's say you don't, and you don't have a passcode on your phone. Okay. So let's say I, I steal your phone, I take your phone, and I put my passcode on it. And then there's a message that says, if you want your phone back, like, pay me this much money. That's basically what ransomware is. Holding your information, your device hostage, and I'm demanding a ransom. So you should put a passcode on your phone. Um, like in a police situation, say I stole his phone and I do that, mm -hmm. right? Um, he goes to the police. Mm -hmm. What? What do the police? They can't. The police are going to tell me, but like give him his passcode, like his phone. I'll, I'll give him his phone back. But like in regards to the passcode, if they know you stole it, then yeah, they're going to make let's you. Let's say like I, I, I lock the password and give that little notification, mm -hmm. give him his phone back, but I don't give him the passcode that I put. Does that make sense? Yeah, I get you. Like um, what law you're breaking, or what, what does what that like? You? Does, does the do the police still get involved, even though he has his phone? Well, yeah, because essentially you stole it, okay. um, so they'll probably try to try to threaten you with more charges, unless you just like unlock his phone. Um, yeah, they will probably just try to intimidate you into doing it, unlocking it. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, well, mm -hmm. Question: What about a guy like Snowden? Snowden. Right? He had not act, but had access to government files, right? Mm -hmm. And then he took that. Yeah. Right? What, you know, like, what can you talk about that? I mean, so with Snowden, that's a little different. Um, he had access to the information, to the data. Um, he just wanted everyone to kind of know what was going on. Like, he didn't feel like it was right that they had access to all this information and data so and nobody it. knew. Okay. Yeah, but like he didn't hack anything necessarily. He just basically stole information that he, stole information and published it in a sense that they didn't want people to know. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, um, yeah, that kind of falls in, I was talking about encryption, which kind of led me down that, that route. Um, but yeah, so more companies like and businesses should encrypt their data. It basically just protects you from hackers which are constantly trying to attack and steal your data. Um, and I say for a hacker, it's it's an easy it's an easy kind of gig or easy job to steal data that's not protected and then force you to pay me money back. Like it doesn't have to be like millions of dollars because if I can get like six or five different companies within a day um, and charge like 5000 or something like that, that's a nice little amount of money that I'm making, like on a daily basis. Um, just by taking their data, putting my passcode on it, and then forcing them to pay me to get it back. Is it as easy to not get located? Because how can, how can you have a computer and not get tracked by the government? Yeah, so there's ways that hackers kind of hide their IP address. They bounce it off of different places. Um, using like a VPN, they can put themselves in another country. Um, so that it makes it a lot harder for police to track. Um, and for that like amount of money, they're not necessarily going to go through this big investigation to try and find somebody um, who's doing this. Unless it, it goes like real global, unless it goes big. Um, but other than that, like, there's ways that they kind of hide who they are. 
And then if they're demanding their payment in Bitcoin, that can be traced also to that person. So a lot of people are getting paid. A lot of hackers right now are getting paid, as you're saying. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, so, um, magnetic hard drive, you guys have seen like kind of the physical outer, sh outer shell. And this is what the inside of it looks like. On the inside, it has this read and write head. It has these metal discs. has like four or five cylinders in there that basically spin around. Um, when you access data, um, you guys familiar with like a record player? Some of you guys, some of you guys know. I can already tell. Um, but it has like the record player. It has like the needle that you put on the big vinyl disc, and it goes around and kind of reads the track, and it'll play the song. Um, it kind of works similar manner. It has these discs, has a read and write head that goes across the surface of the disc to extract data that you're actually looking for. So if you're looking for information that's on this hard drive here, like once you start to like double click on it to access it, you're gonna like if you can hear it, like your read and write head is gonna start going across. Um, the disks are going to start spinning and it's going to find that information, extract it for you, and then you'll be able to see it on your device, on your computer or your monitor. Um, but that's just the way that it works. Um, like I said, there's a read and write head over each metal disk that's inside of this hard drive. Uh, so if there's like four disks and there's four read and write heads going across all four disks. And the kind of the, the downside of the problem with magnetic hard drives is if while it's actually spinning and working, if you were to like hit it or drop it, um, basically what it causes is like a head crash, which is where the, the head actually touches the surface. So initially it doesn't actually touch the surface of the metal disc. It's just like right above it. But if you hit it or bump it or move it, then it actually touches, which basically damages the hard drive. All right. And I'll show you guys, hopefully this video Place. This is outdated too, right? This technology, like not a lot of people implement this. And they still use it. Um, like I, I have two hard drives in my computer. I have a magnetic and then I have an SSD. And I'll kind of explain why I have that. So you can see like there's four like read and write heads going across the disk that's spinning, kind of looking for information and programs. But it just wants to show you like kind of how it works and how fast the read and write it actually goes across um, as it's looking for data. 
Um, so uh, the next type is our solid state drive. Also, you'll hear people say SSD. SSD stands for solid state. Um, and solid state uses flash memory. Um, and this is, this is what a lot of people actually want now, what a lot of people use in their computers. Um, typically, you want an SSD in there. SSDs are a lot faster. Um, they take up less power. And you can just do a lot more. They take up less space in there. Um, and like I say, they're just really like a lot faster than the magnetic hard drives. And so the reason I have two hard drives in my computer, magnetic hard drives, typically you can get more storage space. So I have, what do I have? I have like a two terabyte magnetic hard drive. And then I have like a 250 SSD, uh, two, 250 gigs and I have two terabytes. Um, like all the data that I have on my computer, I store it on my magnetic hard drive. It's a lot more space. Like I don't need it to access like my data super fast. Um, I just need a place to store it. But like my programs, my applications, um, things I'm running games off of, I want that on my SSD um, just because it's going to access and run a lot faster. Um, so like my operating system is on my SSD. So when I cut my computer on, it's a Windows computer, like I'm able to just use it. Like when I cut it on, it basically just loads up and I'm able to use it within like five seconds. Um, if that was on my magnetic hard drive, then you would see like the Windows screen for a while and you'll see all this other stuff kind of show up for a while. You basically like cut your computer on and then kind of go do something else and then come back and then it's ready for you to be used. Um, but if it's on an SSD, like it'll load like so much faster. As um, soon as you like, kind of push the power button, you'll be able to kind of sit down and start using it. Um, and so that's how it works with a lot of the programs, a lot of the applications that you're using. If you're running it off an of SSD, they would work and run a lot faster. Um, and so like I said, it uses less power. It has no moving parts. Uh, it doesn't have a read and write head. It doesn't have any disk that's spinning. Um, it's a lot more durable. And like I said, it's the norm for our mobile devices, our cell phones. They all use flash memory. Um, that's how we're able to access them and they work so fast storage wise um, because we use that flash memory um, and this is just kind of showing what it looks like on the inside um, these pads right here are basically I'm talking about solid state, yeah, and you guys. Okay. Make this first test real hard. Um. Okay. Um. So yeah. So basically, what I just said. Um. All of that. And I was trying to point out like these pads here is basically where the information and where the data gets stored on. So all the information, all the data gets stored on these uh, kind of rubber pads here. And with flash memory also, kind of one of the functions that it has, uh, I don't think we actually talk about it in here, but just good knowledge to know. Um, it has this thing called where leveling. And what it does is it basically, as you're using data and storing information and data, it distributes around to these pads evenly so that they all kind of wear and tear the same. So basically, like, it's not just going to store everything here, everything here, and here, and here, and so these don't get used or that these would break before these actually, you know, get any use. It takes things and it moves it around, distributes it evenly so that all the pads are getting the same wear and tear as far as, like, data being stored on it. Um, so, yeah. Um, like I said, they can be internal, external, same thing as the magnetic. Um, and so these are just kind of showing some examples how they can be full size hard drive or wireless or portable. Um, how many guys have portable like hard drives that you guys have? Okay, what do you use yours for? Gotcha. It's all legal stuff, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Josh. No, I just have it just because. Just have it just because. Okay. The backup 
Backup for your computer. Cool, cool. Backup drive, photos. Backup photos. Okay, cool. Anybody else have a portable hard drive? Huh? Charge my phone. Charge your phone? Yeah. Okay, okay. So portable hard drives, they they are kind of cool to have, um, like I said, or external. Um, Just to be able to store all your data. um, Like I said, if you have like movies, videos, uh, things like that that you want to just kind of store off of your computer, it's definitely a good investment that'll definitely pay off in the long run. Um, you can never have too much storage space, I feel like. Um, so it's something maybe to, to kind of look into. Um, don't worry about this slide here. Um, all right, in this slide, and I'll give you guys a break. Um, all right, so it talks about hard drive partitioning. Um, how many of you guys heard of the word partition before? Partitioning hard drives. Um, Henry, what have you heard? Or why do people do it? It's so if you want to have like two OSs on there usually. Um, you want to keep like, uh, like one section off one for your first computer and your section off another piece for your other computer. Definitely. Definitely. So when you partition a hard drive, you're basically taking one hard drive and you're kind of separating it for different tasks, right? One of the common ones is like what Henry said, if you wanna run two, two operating systems off of one hard drive, you can partition it so that basically one portion, one portion of your hard drive deals with like your Windows operating system and another portion deals with like your Mac OS or your Linux, whichever operating system you wanna run. And so basically you set up this dual boot so that when you cut your computer on, you can say which program you wanna use, which operating system you wanna use. Do you want to go into your Mac or do you want to go into your Windows? Do you want to go into your Windows or do you want to go into Linux? You can basically determine which operating system you actually want to use when you start that computer. So that's what it means to partition a hard drive. It's only one physical drive, but you're taking that drive and separating it and sectioning off saying this is going to be assigned to this and this is going to be assigned to this. Um, if you have a computer, desktop, or laptop computer, you guys have seen like the D drive? You guys seen the, like the C and the D? So that's one physical drive. It's just partitioned so that the D is your, your recovery, so that you can recover uh, your hard drive and get it back to a working state in case anything goes wrong. But it's only one physical drive that has been partitioned. All right. Does that make sense? Okay, um, so that that is, like I say, the, the partition hard drives. Um, and also, if you wanted just to create a new drive on your computer, right? If you wanted to create an E drive or F drive, um, you can create your own partition and be able to make that. We don't want anything. You trying to sell something? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm just trying to sell something else and say we're good. Okay. Um, so yeah. So if you wanted, um, this might be a little bit off scope, but like I was like, I think I, I want to learn more about like RAID. But is that like a different chapter? RAID we covered towards the end of this chapter. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Um, we don't. We cover a little bit of it there. There's a lot of more depth into it, um, but we cover the surface of it. Um, but it's towards the end, so we'll get in the second half. Um, uh, I was gonna say, I was gonna say, um, yeah. So um, hard drive partitioning. Um, in my forensic course, uh, we kind of cover for, uh, partitions a lot um, because people who are like hacking, doing bad things, and storing bad data, things that they don't want you to find. What they do is they create a partition and they call it like something or they call it like the Z or the H drive, whatever. And what they basically do is they hide that partition. So it never shows up when you go into like the file explorer and click and see all the different drives. It never shows up. But people will create this partition, hide data in there, hide bad, you know, information in there. Like when I say bad, I mean like things that they don't want you to find or don't want you to know. Like they take it and they throw it on that partition and then they hide it so that it never actually shows up. Um, but that's like just on kind of the other side of partitions and why people use them. Um, 
but yeah. So let's go here. Um, of the following three options, the storage media that would likely hold the most data is a what? So what am I here? How many people say A? How many people say B? <clears throat> and so some of this stuff in this chapter, the rest of this chapter, I'm going to go through kind of fast. Um, only because I feel like you guys already kind of know what it is. And I don't want to stand up here and waste my time. Um, but if you don't understand something or you have a question, just raise your hand. And then I'll can go over it or cover it. Um, okay, so it talks about optical discs, like say CDs, and you won't be tested on knowing like the, the technology involved with the CD, um, of knowing like the grooves and you know the laser and things like that. You won't be tested on knowing that. I'm just kind of showing you it's another form of storage, another way to store things. Um, we know CDs come in different shapes, different sizes. Um, one of the things it talks about is like a dual layer CD. Um, you guys know what a dual layer CD is? Jacob, you know? No. No? Okay. Anybody? What do you guys think? Is it like two CDs and one DVD disc? No, it's just one, one physical disc. Yes. So dual, like you basically have two sides. So if you flip the CD over, it's basically a, a new disc or you have more space to do other things, store other things, other programs. Um, so you can record on both sides of the disc, basically. That's what a dual layer disc is. Um, you don't have to worry about the sizes. I don't put any questions on the test dealing with that. Um, but it does kind of break down, give you those different sizes of movies. Uh, it talks about um, CD-ROM, DVD-ROM, and Blu-ray disc-ROM. So one thing you should understand is that the three types of optical discs are CDs, DVDs, and Blu-ray. Those are the three different types, right? We have CDs. Yeah, three different types of optical discs. We have CDs, we have DVDs, and we have Blu-ray. All right. And so there's other parts kind of to that that goes at the end where you see like ROM, you see CD plus R, minus R, and things like that, um, which is real, real simple, self-explanatory in a sense. So ROM stands for read-only, right? Read-only memory. All you can do is read the content that's on there. So things that you buy, purchase is a CD-ROM, DVD-ROM, Blu-ray ROM, um, where all you can do is access the data that's on there. You can't change it. You can't add to it, take away it's just read-only. Um, and then it talks about CD uh, plus and minus R, which the R basically stands for recordable. So that's like a blank disc, right? You buy a blank CD, you can record to it one time. It's recordable to be able to record to one time. And that's what the R stands for. So you see CDR, you're basically able to record to it one time. Uh, the next one is rewritable, which stands for RW. So that means you can rewrite to that same disk. So it's a disk basically you can use kind of as a USB drive, kind of works the same way, where you can add content to it. And if you want to go back and add some more content, you're able to burn that new content on there. Um, so that's a disk that's basically rewritable. All right. And that's when you'll see like the RW. Any questions there? No? Good. Um, talks about 4K. We won't really deal with that right now. We'll skip over that. Um, it talks about flash memory storage system. Uh, we've been talking about flash memory. Uh, we talked about embedded um, in dealing with computers. We said it's like placed inside of items and things like that. So embedded flash memory basically are chips placed inside of products. Uh, so things that we use um, are smartwatches, smartphones, things like that, uh, sunglasses, wristwatches. Uh, there's a lot of things now that have kind of this flash memory chip embedded inside of it, placed inside, giving it some kind of storage technology to be able to store information and data and the operating system that it's using. Um, so that's just kind of what that's, what that's dealing with. 
And this just kind of shows the flash memory chip, uh, what it could look like inside of like this tablet here. You can see it's real small. It's not really huge. It's not like the one we saw, um, but it's like really small. But like I say, this is what placed inside of items, giving it that storage capability. Um, flash memory card. You guys know what these are, right? Anybody never seen one of these? No, we're good? Okay. So, it's basically what that slide was talking about, these different memory cards. And gives us some more memory cards. USB flash drive, we know what that is. All right, flash drives that we should have or maybe use for this course. Um, if not, this is what they look like. There's different styles, different sizes. Um, but basically just give you the ability to be able to save things on, uh, transport those files for later. Um, we'll skip over this. Okay, so some other types of storage. All right, so we talked about magnetic, we talked about optical, and we talked about flash, right? Uh, so some other types of storage we have is network storage. Um, if you ever heard the term like a NAS system, NAS storage system, that basically stands for network attached storage. Um, so there's that, and then there's a storage area network, the SAN. Um, the more common one is the NAS, and basically what it is is a system like this. So you have this device here, which is connected to your computer, um, which basically you just put in hard drives in there. So you can buy hard drives and place them inside of this device here. And that's connected to your computer. So you can access all of the data from all the different hard drives you would have in here, like from your computer. So the same way you access like your flash drive, it'll look similar to that. Um, kind of like we have this menu here. Um, but basically you have access to this NAS system, which has different hard drives in there. So it's a different way to, like, say, store information, store data by having this system connected to your computer. Um, like I said, if you have multiple hard drives, right, and you want to get information from it all at once, you can buy a NAS system and put your hard drives in there. And you have access to all that data all at one time. Um, so that's basically what that, that NAS system is, NAS device. Um, any questions there? Cool, cool. Uh, cloud storage is another huge one now. You guys, you guys have heard cloud before, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, just a quick tip for you. Uh, whenever somebody mentions the cloud to you, never look up. Okay. Um, That's funny. I, I, people do it. People do it. Um, they talk about the cloud storing data. Oh yeah, really? Um, but no. Um, yeah, never look up. Uh, but the cloud. Is, a, is a something that's used a lot now. A lot of businesses, they're taking all their data that they normally would have stored like on site and they're storing it in the cloud. Um, and what the cloud basically is, is basically like a data center that hosts all their data, that stores all their data. So it's almost like, um, you know, like those storage warehouses. That's pretty similar to what it is. It's a center, it's a, basically a place that focuses on storing other people's data. And they manage it, they store it, they make sure they secure it, and they have a system set up in place so that it stores all of their data. And the other companies, they have access to their information, um, but like I say, they just don't have to worry about storing it. They're paying somebody else to take care of all of their storage needs. Um, so that's what the cloud is. Um, that's what a lot of companies are using now to save all their information, uh, like hospitals, uh, banks, businesses, they're moving kind of towards that cloud uh, storage way just because it's a lot easier. Um, they don't have to do anything themselves. All the backup typically is handled by that cloud service provider who's ever providing their storage system. Um, they would typically handle all that. And like I say, they're basically just paying a fee. It's almost like you're outsourcing your storage. Um, you're just paying this company to handle this part of your business. Um, and so that's why a lot of companies are doing it. It's saving them time. Um, but yeah, they have to pay for it, but then it, it's also saving them from having to buy devices to store and back up all their data too. 
right? Um, so they don't have to buy any equipment. Um, the company takes care, whoever they're paying, they take care of all of their storage needs, which makes it a lot easier for a lot of companies to do. Um, so um, online storage just talks about uh, like Facebook. Um, you guys don't really use Facebook anymore though, huh? You guys are past that. You guys are with MySpace? <laughs> um, no, but you guys, I'm pretty sure you're on like Snap and Instagram. Um, and so like with that, um, do you guys ever notice how no matter where you access or sign into your account, you always have all your information? Like you always have all your pictures, all your messages. No matter what device you sign in on, you have access to all your information. And that's because it's stored on whatever, like let's say Facebook, just kind of use them. It's stored on the Facebook server. So when you sign into Facebook.com, you're signing into Facebook server. So it doesn't typically matter what device you're signing in on. As long as you can connect to the server, you'll have all your information that's kept on Facebook server that contains you. So that's how you can access your information from anywhere. If you use like Google Drive, right? When you sign into Google, you're connecting to Google server. And on Google server has all your information. So it doesn't matter what device you use, where you're at, where you're located, as long as you can sign in on Google server, you have access to all of your information. Does that make sense? Okay, so that's um, basically what the cloud storage system is. Um, I say increasingly used for backup purposes. Um, you guys heard AWS before? Yeah, have you heard? Amazon Web Services. Amazon Web Services. Um, you know what, what it means, or? Isn't it just like a bunch of like tools for businesses to like use? Just like they provide data, like the what you're just talking about, cloud storage, or mm -hmm. they do like a bunch of services for like other small businesses or big businesses. Definitely. Um, so basically what Amazon has set up is they set up this business to where they're doing various tasks or various jobs for companies or even for people. Um, so for some companies, they're handling all of their storage, all of their backup. So that company is paying Amazon to handle all their backup procedures. Um, some other companies, they're paying like to host websites and host servers so that people can access their servers and it won't like overload or they don't have to buy any equipment because Amazon is taking care of that. Um, and what this Amazon Web Services do is basically kind of changing almost the business model and how business is constructed. Um, because let's say, anybody sell anything in here? Anybody into, you sell? You're a salesman? What do you? Like your own product. Oh, no, no, no. oh okay. <laughs> you might have like their own product that they sell. You guys are business majors? Yes. Yeah. I'm trying to do my own videography. Trying to do your own videography. Yeah. Okay, so cool, cool. So let's let's use Sean an example, right? Um so let's say Sean wants to um have this website. Um but Sean doesn't have the resources, doesn't have like a server to be able to host a website. He can basically sign in, log into Amazon or Microsoft Azure, and basically choose a server that he would want. Um, he can choose what size, what capacity, um, and he can basically upload his website onto Amazon's web server. And that way, anything, he doesn't have to never buy a server or anything like that. It's all hosted through Amazon. All he's doing is basically paying Amazon the fee to use their equipment and use their services. Um, if, he didn't want to, if he didn't know how to create a website, he can pay and find that on Amazon to be able to build the website for him and host it on their server. And so it makes it real easy for people to function and operate as a big business because you're basically just paying the fee to get all the top equipment, all the, the things that a, a business would have you're basically getting that through paying Amazon. So it's kind of almost changing the way business is done because you don't necessarily have to know everything. You don't have to buy things necessarily like upfront like that. You can just pay your monthly fee um, and Amazon will take care of all your needs. Um, 
So that's what AWS is, Amazon Web Service. Microsoft Azure is like basically kind of the Microsoft version. But AWS is like this kind of new field and it's kind of taking off right now. Um, Yeah, I'm not sure. I have I have to look into that. Um, yeah, I will have to look into that. Um, but uh, yeah, with AWS, like I say, there's there's a lot of opportunities in that field right now too in cloud storage. Um, by knowing AWS, knowing how to set up all these different uh, sites and things that businesses want, um, we actually just uh, started our program here where we're offering four courses, um, all dealing with Amazon Web Service. So Amazon basically created curriculum, and they shared it with us and some other community colleges, and we basically set it up into four courses, where once you take these four courses and you take the certifications, you're basically Amazon Web Service certified, which you can work directly with Amazon, or there's other opportunities, other jobs that are, like I say, they're going to use AWS, but they don't have that person certified to be able to set things up for them. Um, so it does provide opportunities. There's a lot of jobs in that field um, right now. And like I say, we're offering our first Amazon Web Service course this fall semester. So if you guys are interested, it's um, CIS 150. Um, 13. Um, uh, but you may not pass. Don't take it. No, no, no I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just joking. Um, but yeah, all you need is 13. Uh, you pass 13, you're able to take that Amazon Web Service course. Um, and like I say, this is the first time this course is being offered uh, at this school. Uh, only, I think only one other school has actually offered like the Amazon um, curriculum, which is Santa Monica. They were the first to get it and have it. And then they shared it with everyone else. Um, so everyone else, this should be their first semester offering Amazon Web Service. So what's the title of it in the book? In the uh, CIS 150. Um, uh, I couldn't tell you what it's called. I have to look in the schedule. Will it say Amazon or just, no? It should say something about Amazon. Oh. AWS, yeah, it should say it. But do you have to learn any computer languages or like is it? So it's built into the curriculum. There's, like I say, there's four courses, um, or maybe five. five. It's four Amazon courses, and then it's one other course. Um, but through the four Amazon courses, you basically learn how to create um, and learn a different language to be able to do what you need to do. Um, I'm not sure which one it is exactly, but yeah, they, they teach it to you in the course. Yeah. Um, all right, uh, cloud storage, simple. Talks about smart card, which is credit card that basically has some type of chip technology um, that has a place to store information. It can be small amounts of information if you ever have a card that you use to kind of gain entry into like a building and things like that. It has some type of storage technology in there. Um, and just kind of, once again, talking about AWS, um, and how kind of big that is. Uh, so it talks about some large storage systems. Um, and this is kind of where we fall into RAID, um, which stands for Redundant Arrays of Independent Disks. And basically what a RAID system is, is it's a way to kind of store information. Um, and there's like different methods to be able to store information. Um, there's like different levels of RAID. We, like I say, we're only dealing with uh, RAID 0 and 1. But I believe there's like five or six different raids, but we only deal with zero and one. Um, and so it's used to protect information. Um, and I'll show you what, it, what I mean by that, protecting information. Um, and so raid zero uses what's called disk striping, where it basically takes uh, whatever file, whatever information, and kind of distributes it, breaks it up, and puts it into different places. That if someone was trying to, like, say, steal your information or data, um, they would have to steal it from both places, um, which makes it a little more challenging. Um, RAID 1 is basically going to copy what your files, copy all your data, and store it, like, somewhere else. Um, and so just to kind of visually see 
Sorry, did you guys get it? No? You sure? I can. Okay. Um, and so, uh, just kind of visually showing what RAID uh, 0 and 1 does. So, uh, the striping technique, uh, stripping, basically takes the file. This is the annual report here, like you have the whole file. And so it takes part of it and puts it here in this section, and it takes another part of it and then puts it here in this section. So that's the stripping part of it. Like I say, it's taking files, breaking them up, and putting part of it here and part of it there. Uh, the mirroring is taking that same file and basically putting it in two different places. All right, so you can kind of have these two different systems set up. Um, to kind of function the way that you would want it to, to work and run. Um, let's say you can either set it up to do like the stripping technique or you can do the mirroring um, to kind of save and store all your, your files, your programs, applications, things like that. Um, so like I say, these are just two of the five or six RAID techniques. Um, but like I say, it's just a way to kind of store information um, in a different way so that it's not just in one location in one place. And this is what a RAID uh, system looks like. This is like the Drobo, um, what they call it. Um, and so you basically, you will buy this device that has these different hard drives in there set up. And like I say, you can set it up to use the mirroring or the stripping technique, and that's how it would store and place data on these different devices. Any questions there? Are there any like, specific cases you use one over the other? Uh, no, it really just depends. Um, yeah, it really just depends. Um, yeah. Uh, so we'll skip there. We'll skip there. And that's it with chapter three. Any any questions? Do you skip archival storage systems? Which one? Archival storage systems? Yeah. Yeah, we're good. No questions? Okay. Oh. Is it test on Thursday? Test is still Thursday. Are you gonna post a study guide on campus? Study guide is up. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, announcements. Yeah, yeah. So it's been up, I think, the first week of class. Um, okay. Um, yeah. So, just to double check. Announcement. And then study guide for test one. The test is strictly based on chapters one through four, right? Are there test. any conceptual questions from Excel? No. No questions dealing with Excel. The test is just chapters one through four from our lecture textbook. All right. Um, uh, so we're going to cover chapter four tomorrow. Um, but there's probably going to be like a pre-quiz on chapter four. Like when we first get in here, like the first 10 minutes. Like I don't know, but there might be. Tomorrow. And tomorrow. Um, pre test of chapter four? Yeah, there might be. There's a good chance. I don't know. Um, I don't make these things. I just kind of follow. And so if I were you guys, I would just read chapter four, um, <laughs> try and look at it beforehand so that you're able to answer those questions. Um, yeah. So, uh, Josh, you had a question? Uh, is the quiz going to be worth points? Well, why'd you do this? <laughs> oh, sorry. Oh. Uh, yeah, the quiz will be worth points. Um, is there a certain number you want it or? No. Okay. Yeah. Um, check. So, so, what is the test for Excel? That's not until like two weeks. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's on the syllabus. It's on the exact date. Before we go over it. So it's going to make me be able to really fly through it really fast so I can do other stuff.
And the, the syllabus is on announcements, or is that like on the Syllabus is under syllabus. Um, oh. <laughs> no, no, you're good, you're good. It's just right there. Okay. Yeah. Um, any other any other questions from you guys? No? All right. Is some of the things we're talking about is it like making sense to you guys? Am I am I going too fast? No? That's a yes. I'm sorry. I'm just boring now. No. No, it's okay. Um I know. I understand. Yeah. Okay. All right. If nothing else, uh, second lab, we'll head over there. First lab, I'll see you guys tomorrow.